0: And Hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 336. We're coming at you as always from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. So happy 2019 everybody, the first show of the new year and I hope everybody had a great holiday, great new year and hopefully didn't overdo it there on New Year's Eve. We had a quiet evening here on New Year's Eve and didn't really do anything particularly special, but uh, just um, had a nice quiet evening with Pete and myself. One of the things that we've done over the past week uh, is we went to go see the new Spider-Man flick. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a new Spider-Man flick coming out, and that's because I don't really pay attention to that kind of thing. But anyway, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out a few weeks ago, and has been doing pretty good business, at least if, if the crowd we were in was anything to go by. It was jam-packed. You know, just got a bit of, of spoiler-free thoughts on the movie. Um, we thought it was a lot of fun. This was probably one of our favorite Spider-Man projects ever. Now, I have my own little complaints about it. I thought that it was incredibly self-indulgent. And I think that if you have a a property like Spider-Man that you're not intimately familiar with, there was it was a little bit hard to follow at times as far as knowing who all these characters were. It was really a movie, I think, that, that was specifically for the fans, people who've been following Spider-Man religiously for years. And I knew who some of the characters were. I didn't know who some of the other characters were. But basically, the movie is centered around Miles Morales, and you have a couple different Peter Parkers, you have a couple, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting little multiverse thing going on, and you have, um, I mean, not too much of a spoiler, but you have the incorporation of... Peter Porker, The Spectacular Spider-Ham. Yeah, but it's a cute movie. Uh, It's beautifully animated. Um, We didn't see it in 3D, but I can see that in 3D that would have been amazing. The the graphics are really, really cool. The animation style is not like anything that I've really experienced before, and almost as though we're watching it without 3D glasses at times uh, and seeing the 3D artifacts, I thought occasionally. Uh, I'm really not sure how they, you know, how they did all of that, but it just seemed to me that sometimes we were looking at 3D artifacts without actually seeing the 3D effect because we didn't have the glasses. So I'm not really sure how they put that together. But um, yeah, the animation style was unique. Um, I thought that the art direction was was really cool. They, they had some interesting effects and things in it. So um, definitely it was a fun movie. Definitely worth seeing. The story has a lot of heart. The story has, like I said, it, it's probably geared more towards the uh, big Spider-Fan who has been following the character for years and years. I like Spider-Man, and I've always had kind of a a little bit of a a soft spot for the character, but I've never been a huge Spider-Fan. You know, there there have been other characters that I've been more focused on, you know, Thor and the FF and the other characters too. But overall, I think it's a really fun film. So, you know, while it's in the theater, y'all go see it and be sure to see it in 3D if you have the chance, because I'm sure that that is going to be amazing just based on what we saw in the regular 2D version. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, that uh, is really about all I have to say about Into the Spider-Verse. But, uh, yeah, good time, good time. All right, so uh, we have an issue of Thor to cover here, so let's go ahead and move along to our review.
1: Cross the rainbow, bridge
0: This week we are looking at Thor, Volume 2, Issue Number 36, Legacy Numbering 538. This was published in June of 2001. Cover price is $2.25. Cover art is by Ian. I don't know who that is, but it's a beautiful cover, actually. Uh, Thor, and he is fighting the Destroyer. and The Destroyer has these big glowing... Uh, streamer kind of things coming out of his eyes it's a very extreme 90s cover in regards to the proportions and that kind of thing but uh, nonetheless is kind of straddling that line between unnecessarily 90s and what came later the story begins off the coast of norway a fishing boat rendered in exquisite detail we'll talk about that kind of at the end of the show i think uh, but we got these uh, Norwegian fishermen and there's all seabirds and kind of swirling around and big waves. This is all, you know, translated from the Norwegian because I don't speak Norwegian and neither do the writers of the comic. Uh, you have <laughs> fishermen going, faster, get those nets in. Relax, Vane. We have plenty of time before dusk. Not if you don't get back to work, on all this and then something shiny falls out of the fish and it's some kind of a medallion and it's glowing and it's got the sort of lion monster face it looks like one of the one of the wild things from where the wild things are kind of and one of the guys says well seems like we have more than just fish it's a medallion how odd frigid seas yet this feels hot and we have scenes, and we are in the Woodrow Wilson Correction Facility just north of Syracuse. And we have Lauren Olson, and this is Loki, of course. Remember, we left Loki trapped in the body of Lauren Olson in prison uh, because he had been pretending to be Jake Olson and uh, Jake Olson's twin brother who did all these horrible things, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, getting back to that. So they're in prison and uh Lauren is you know, leaning up against the wall and um the uh some guys are walking up to him and you know all tough like and they say Well if it ain't Lauren Olson, the new blood who thinks he's too good for everyone round here, be gone. I wish to be alone.
1: Neo, no one disses mister Cutter like that.
0: You still owe me a shoe shine, Olsen. Pay up. I shine no mortal's footwear. And the the guy grabs his uh, chin and bashes his head into the wall. And big tough guy is like, That's it. No one says no to Mr. Cutter. You don't know how to play the game, Olsen. That being the case, you might as well fold your cards and leave the table. And uh, all of a sudden, the guy is going to shank him. And he's got the shank in his hand and he's holding it over his head. But all of a sudden, he's frozen. Um, like like a statue frozen and lauren is like heimdall's eyes to appear this loud as unable to move Tis witchery sure but whose? and apparently everybody in the prison now is is frozen like statues and uh, he's all confused he says the effect blankets this entire prison Tis clear that only i am unaffected has someone come to the aid of loki no longer must I dwell alongside this mortal trash, as a mortal myself, serving out the punishment imposed upon me by Odin, benefactor. Reveal thyself, and there's a big cloud, and there's got a lot of lightning coming out of it, and it's a uh, a shapely form. At least uh, this person has a nice ass, uh, because that's really all we can see. Many are the thanks due to those who aid Loki, and the voice says, "Then I would only be too happy to collect." And uh Loki's like, By the many hues of Befrost, never did I expect it to be thee. And we get a splash page here, and the title of the story is Lighting the Five. And the person who freed him is Carnilla, Queen of the Norns. And he goes, Carnilla, Queen of the Norn, because, you know, that's what you do. Long have I served for thee, God of Evil. And now that I have found thee, Loki and Carnilla shall walk together the path of conquest. And then, of course, we have the credits. Dan Jurgens was the story person. Walter Taborda was the artist. Gregory Wright was the colors. RS and Comic Crafts uh, did the letters. Uh, Mark Sumerak was the assistant editor. Tom Brevort was the editor. And Joe Castada was the editor-in-chief. So we have uh, Cardoa and uh, Loki in his uh, Lauren Olsen form, and she goes, "This mortal frame becomes the not sinister one that fall Odin's handiwork." And uh, he's sh- shape-shifting back into his Loki form, complete in his costume and everything. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, Carnilla, must the change be so painful?" "'Complainest thou not, trickster? "'Tis no small thing to undo the handiwork of the All-Father. "'Thou hast owed me since our first meeting, "'when ye pushed me to destroy my beloved
1: Baldr.'
0: "'Better would we all be, had ye only done so, Carnilla. "'Why art thou here? "'Why free Loki from this wretched plight?' "'I have need of thee. "'Odin hath at last awakened and banished thy brother Thor to mortal form as well.' I wish thee to exterminate the son, that my beloved Baldur might at last gain sole favour in the eyes of Odin. Tis not so easy as that, Norn Queen, says Loki. Odin will protect the thunderer, mortal form or no. Thou art unusually timid, trickster. Come, for I guarantee thee the means of success. And she points a magic wand sort of thing at the wall and blasts a big hole. And uh, Loki's like on gaping hull, how didst thou—' Another Ali did so, liberated from Odin whilst he slept. "'By the bristling beard of Odin, why didst thou not sayest so? With that wondrous weapon at thy disposal, I shall gladly join thee, Carnilla.' And he's thinking to himself, though with every intent of ridding myself of Balder as well." And we ship scenes, and we are in, in New York at the hospital, and Christine comes bursting into the uh, the hospital. We know, of course, she's the enchantress in disguise. And he's like, where's Jake? And uh, we have uh, Jane Foster here and, and some other people, and Amanda's there. And Jane says,
1: Amanda told us that he'd been injured, but we haven't seen him yet.
0: Christine, if you happen to have any details... And uh, Sif arrives, and she's got the burned-up Jake Olson in her arms. She says, The only detail thou needest to know is this. Thy friend Jake Olson hath been badly burned. If thou art skilled in the treatment of such misfortune, I bid thee hasten, lest he die from infection. And uh, she brings him forward, and uh, Jane is like, Tell the burn unit we're on the way, Hannah. The, oh, I think this is supposed to be Jake Olson's mother who was there, And again, she she doesn't look anything like she did in prior issues. So Jake Olson's mother is either a scrawl or people just can't decide what she looks like. In fact, she looks about the same age as Jane here. So that's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, she's like, Jakey, oh my. Jane is like,
1: out of my way, people. We have to move. Sif, you and I both know how to save him.
0: Thou meanest?
1: Yes. Quench his fist and slam it to the ground for him. He'll be fine once that changes him into Thor.
0: And uh, Siv gets all mad and she punches the wall. And we get this really this close-up of Jake here and his, his skin is all red and warty and I guess blistery from the fire anyway. And Siv is all angry. She says, Alas, I cannot. Once more Odin hath interfered with his son's life and rendered him forever mortal. Just when he needs to become Thor most tis beyond his power to do so. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Dr. Kincaid comes walking in in a uh, kind of fancy dressing gown. And he's like, anyone seen my wife Jane around? And uh, Hannah's here. And then for some reason, <laughs> Hannah's wearing, <laughs> she's wearing fishnet stockings. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not this the kind of thing you would wear to the hospital when you're working there. But I, mean, I don't know. Dr. Kincaid, I can't believe you're up and out of bed so soon. Your wife? do i know you says christine keith Kincaid. i'm married to dr jane foster and uh, christine is thinking to herself by the eternal kiss of hella would almost seem he is someone far different and then we shift scenes and we are in Asgard and we are in one of the feasting halls and people are feasting. There's lots of food, lots of drink. We've got the Warriors 3 there. We've got Odin there. Uh, a bunch of people we don't know. Uh, I'm not sure who all these people are. Oh, Baldur's there too. Uh, very detailed kind of scene, which is uh, actually, looks like Hercules is there too um, in the foreground. <laughs> um, so that's weird. Um, yeah, so... Hercules is there reveling along with everyone else, it seems. Anyway, it says here in the caption, "'Beyond the measure of space and time is one of the most majestic places in all existence, a place surpassing legend and fable alike, a golden testament to the highest aspirations in all of us, Asgard, the realm eternal.'" And Odin is holding court over all these goings-on in the middle of all the partying, and he says, "'Celebrate, my warriors!' The invading trolls art vanquished, and thine omnipotent ruler hath assumed the throne once again. Let us revel in our good fortune, for at long last those who embody that which is right and just prevail. It does my heart proud to see the defenders of Asgard assembled thus, Baldur. And they exult in thy return, my liege. Art thou certain the trolls shan't attack again? Aye. For I graced their infertile lands with a spell to make crops grow. Unbearable Ulic and his king are satisfied, for now. And Volstag is is there, and he, there's a bunch of uh, like carcasses around him, so he's been very busy eating. And uh, he slams down his uh, platter with a, a skeleton on it, he goes, uh, More food, say I. This mere appetizer is insufficient to the day. I command thee, celebrate no more. And we have a raven come screeching through the window and uh, is going, yikes. Uh, And that's because a hammer has struck the wall near where that raven was sitting. And uh, it is Tareen's hammer. I recognize it. But anyway, uh, Odin's like, who
1: dares?
0: We see the warriors three and they're getting ready to fight. And Hogan says, to arms, those who would threaten Odin, threaten all Asgard. Let them know sword, sinew, and spirit await them," says Fandral. "'Aye, and voluminous Verstonge stands ever ready to protect thy flank.
1: I bring not threat, but warning,"
0: says a voice, and we know it's Tyrine, and her hammer returns to her hand.
1: <coughs> thy punishment of thy son is errant
0: and misguided, Odin. Return unto him the mantle of godhood ere he dies a frail mortal death. Tyrine, thou might well be the designate the being upon whom the future of God and mortal alike depend. But thou art yet young and unknowing in the ways of such complicated matters. Despite thine eventual supremacy, the affairs of Asgard and its noble son are not thine to decide. They are the affairs of Odin, and Odin alone. And we have uh, Tereen, and she's standing in front of Odin, and they, they make sure to get... Some TNA shots in here. Yeah, all of a sudden she's got this big ass and big tits and, yeah, this is looking very cheesecakey. y Um, going to consider that she's supposed to be like 15. That's a little bit weird, but anyway. So Odin kind of kneels down to be at the same level as her because she's much smaller than Odin, obviously. Tarin, thy dalliance with the likeness of the Thunder God puzzles me. Still, thou art on a path of attainment more mayhap than any being hath ever attained before. That said, I must refuse thy request. My son turned his back on Asgard in its hour of greatest need. And we see Odin's eyes are kind of glowing here. Thus must Asgard likewise turn its back on Thor, until the lessons of leadership have been learned. And the warriors three are looking aghast at this. If thou art inclined to disfavor my actions, so be it. "'I will not raise my hand against thee. "'Do what thou wilt.'" And Tyreen kind of looks at him, and she's got her fist clenched, and looks like she should be saying something, but is not. (laughs) And uh, she goes striding away, and um, she says, "'Has Thor did rescue me from the grip of Thanos, "'tis impossible for me to ignore his plight. "'If thou shan't act, Odin, Tyreen must take action in thy stead.'" And she goes stalking off, and Volstagg comes running up to Odin, and he says, My lord, unlikely though it seems, another mystery looms. Tis the vault of whispers, my liege. Whilst in search of more food, I heard sounds, as though the prisoner lives. Oh, and, and Odin seems alarmed by this, and uh, there's uh, the, the the raven here, I was talking, and I think that this is that uh, uh, Haskarl, or whatever his name was, who, who was Marnot. The Yeah, anyway, so the, the raven's like,
1: uh-oh, if Volstagg is right. By the eternal fires of
0: hell, says Odin, are we allowed no rest? Must be we continually be deviled by crisis after crisis. Sire, says Fendril, the Vault of Whispers, if somebody entered... Goldstock's hearing was not in error, says Odin. The vault's guardians have been rendered unconscious. And the prisoner departed, says Odin. Let the celebration end, my warriors, for peril beyond imagining now looms. And we shift scenes and we are back in the hospital and we see Jake and he's all wrapped up in bandages and stuff and he's in the hospital bed. And uh, Jake's mother is sitting beside him. And uh, Loki in his astral form is kind of floating above him with this kind of weird, kind of weird Kirby crackle sort of thing um, kind of around his edges. It's kind of, I mean, it's an interesting effect, but it's not like anything we've really seen. Jake's mother's by the bedside and she's going,
1: oh, Jakey, why, why did this happen to happen to you?
0: And Loki is uh, floating above and he's thinking to himself, ah, my errant half-brother. How smug thou must have been when Odin imprisoned Loki. Now, with the hour of my revenge at hand, who shall deliver the blow? The mortal thou callest mother, Uh, one of thy past loves. And he goes floating through the wall, and and, uh, Sif and Jane Foster are both there. The mortal known as Jane Foster, perhaps mayhap the incredibly supercilious Sif. Or another one of these mortals thou hast allied thyself with. Mayhap even an avenger. And we have uh, Hannah and Amanda. They're both there. The one who strikes in Loki's name must be
1: carefully selected.
0: For thy death shall be even more tortuous if administered by a friend. Ah, who is this I sense? And he goes flying out of the hospital. And he sees Tureen. And uh, she's landing on the ground uh, next to the hospital. And um, he goes, Amazing. Not only doth she resemble the god of thunder, but I sense more, as though her powers, even her hammer, are magical approximations of Thor's own. Hers shall be the perfect hand to slay him. And uh, Loki shapeshifts into the form of an old man, and he's kind of walking along with his cane, and says,
1: Excuse me, miss, might you help an old codger? Speakest thou, mortal, how might Tyreen be of service to thee? Tereen, nice name, one that'll long be remembered as the
0: Thunder God's assassin. And he grabs her hand, and there's this, like, big glow with a zurp. And we shift scenes to the hospital room, and we have, uh, yeah, Mrs. Olsen, and, and Jane and Sif, and they're all in there. Thou art in need of sustenance, Mrs. Olsen. I beseech thee, eat whilst Dr. Foster and I attend thy son.
1: Goodness gracious, when Jakey decided to become a paramedic, I had no idea he'd have such impressive friends. Though I can't imagine where you buy outfits such as yours, dear girl.
0: Because that's what's really important here is what Sif is wearing. And Jane is there, and uh, she's, she's like,
1: Infection is setting in from the trauma. If we're going to save him, we have to transform him, Sif.
0: And she's clenching his hand into uh, into a fist and there's noises coming from outside and sif is like hold the sounds of chaos echo beyond these walls as if earthquake or battle troth transpire and there's a big sort of boom as the wall bursts in a bunch of fragments and stuff sif and jane are uh, thrown back and we have a full page here of the destroyer and he is shooting his uh, energy beams out of his hand which he doesn't normally shoot them out of his hand so I, I think that's a mistake but anyway he's shooting an energy beam out of his hand into the hospital wall and it's going "Scrack cow, or scrack a cow and there's people on the street and they're like run that monstrous robot is destroying the hospital
1: why would anyone do such a thing
0: says a woman "'My mother-in-law's in there having a gallbladder removed. Five minutes alone with her, "'and you'd want to trash that place, too.'" And uh, we see the the bed that Jake Olsen is in falling out of the window, and uh, Sif and, and Jane are both hanging on to it as it falls out the window, and Jane is like, "'Sif?' "'Tis the Destroyer's handiwork, Jane Foster. "'Tis he who wants the Odinson
1: dead. "'Looks like he'll get his wish.'"
0: And we have a, uh, a voice coming, Not while I am around. I've got a vested interest in the Jake-Thor combo. Who do you think set him up that way in the first place? Says a voice. And uh, it is Marnot, who we last saw you know, way back in the beginning of this series. So it's around, what, issue 20 or something? And it's actually one of Odin's ravens in disguise. But um, anyway, Sif is saying, Marnot, but thou art little more than... The alternate form of Odin's raven, Heskamar,
1: But don't hold that against me, Hun.
0: Look out. Don't worry, Janie. I'm on it. We all know the destroyer is Odin's creation, his ultimate weapon. But whose life force is animating the thing? And the destroyer is coming forward. He's still blasting his energy beams. Uh, Marnot is, is deflecting the uh, the energy beams. And he's like, "Huh! whoever it is, he's a powerful sucker. As Odin's emissary, I'm probably the only other guy who can do this. The god of thunder is needed, pal. And he reaches down and he touches Jake Olson's forehead, and there's a like a crackle of lightning. And he says, "Let this mortal form imprison you no longer." And there's a giant scracked as Marnot is blasted by uh, the destroyer. Marnot is like, "Yow! I ought to get combat pay for duty like this." And uh, we see Thor rising up from the hospital bed, and in true 90s fashion, his bicep is much larger than his head, and he is uh, getting up and he is whirling his hammer around. Fear not, Marnot, for thou needest face the destroyer no longer. Since last we met, thou wert safely secured in the vault of whispers, destroyer. I know not how thou wert liberated, but I do know. Thor, god of thunder, shall see to it that thy reign of terror is ended. And uh, he gets up, and we get a uh, battle scene here on the next page. And they're bashing each other back and forth. Thor bashes the Destroyer with a
1: trink
0: and, uh, and a chack. And he's getting blasted by uh, the uh, Destroyer in return. Thou shalt pay for thy destructive ways. It is not just for Midgard I fight,
1: but for honor,
0: glory, and Asgard eternal. And he smashes the Destroyer back. And Marnot comes rushing forward. He says... Hold the phone, boss. There's one heck of a lot more at stake here than you think. Thou would stay the hand of Thor. Art thou mad? Verily, no reason to relent exists, for the destroyer is capable of laying waste to all of Midgard. Sure, there's a reason. The destroyer doesn't so much as move without a life force inside to fuel him. In this case, a life so precious, so important to the future of us all, that... And the destroyer's back awake and is blasting Thor with a scoom, knocks both Marnot and Thor back. "'Tis as though the destroyer's awesome power is augmented by that of another. By the bristling beard of Odin. "'Tis clear whose life fort dwells within. The one who mustn't be attacked. Who must survive above all others. Tarine. And we shift scenes, and we are back in Norway. Remember the fishermen we had at the very beginning of the book, and we're in a nice little village here. Uh, actually, a kind of nicely rendered village. And we have the fishing boat, and it's docked at a dock. And there's like a rail car with wheels on it. I guess to put the fish on. I guess that's what they do. Anyway, anyway. So anyway, um, so the guy is going up to the boat, and he's like, "About time you fellows got the back with the catch." Let's unload before the trucks leave. And uh, he goes on the boat, and nobody's answering. He's like, where is everybody? Down below, playing cards? Or, And the boat is full of corpses. And so they're all just laying there dead. And the guy is like, sweet mother of mercy, dead. Every single one of them. And... Uh, we see another uh, person walking off the boat and it looks like the captain of the boat that we saw the last issue and he's wandering up the, uh, the I guess, the, the dock and he's like saying, smoke a dash, cinder and flame, the hour of summoning is at hand. And we see his eyes are burning with some kind of mystical fire and he's got that medallion thing around his neck. To be continued, and that is Thor Volume 2, number 36, and we'll be talking about that right after this message. The Fantastic Arse is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot. The 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree-Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as
1: the Human Torch.
0: Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Fantastic cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back. And of course, we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. First of all, this Walter Tarborda. Never heard of him before. Um, like his pencils, and they don't mention an inker, so it looks like he's doing his own inks as well. Um, he's got a really interesting style. It is very much from the extreme nineties, as far as I can see, but. He definitely uh, puts a lot of detail into his work. I I don't know that he had much of a career outside of this. I haven't really done the research, but it's clear that he's pretty good at, at rendering. Now, one thing that he's not as good at is the storytelling aspect of it, of making it clear what's going on from the pictures alone. The dialogue really... Is directing the story and telling you what's going on because the art isn't doing it. So in that sense, he's a fairly weak artist as far as storytelling is concerned. However, his rendering of all the characters and you know the the anatomy and the backgrounds and, and all this stuff is actually in a lot of ways it's quite good. I would say it's kind of reminiscent of the work of uh, you know Jean Giraud, um, you know Mobius, you know people like that. It definitely strikes me as more of a European style of art than than not. The scenes where he really shines as an artist are the scenes where there's a lot going on. So in that in that instance, he's kind of like a George Perez. You know how George Perez likes his rubble, and (laughs) well, this guy, you know, when you look at the scenes here of Asgard. Um, yeah, about halfway through the book, where they're feasting, and just the the people who are there—they're just really nicely rendered. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, you can't really see what's going on, but you actually you know have a really nice setting there, and the, everyone is really well drawn. I don't like the way that he sexualized Tareen like. Probably overly sexualized, Torine. Like I said, she's supposed to be a teenager, and so she should be more like she was when Stuart Eminem was drawing her, and not so you know, voluptuous with huge boobs. But you know, I understand that's kind of what uh, you know comic artists do. This guy is definitely an ass man, and you can see it on his depictions of all of the women, basically. I think it's really weird how the guy is portraying uh, Hannah of all people with the mini skirt and fishnet stockings. I would think that if you're working in a hospital, that's not exactly permitted. I would think that they would have some kind of a dress code that that would. I mean, it's like she came right out of a fetish club and into the <laughs> into the hospital. I mean, I knew Hannah Fairmount was kinky, but but that's kind of going a little bit far. The scene of Loki. Uh, spying on Terine, I think that some of these poses were actually taken from Kirby. Um, they look very familiar. They, are at very least, are, are very reminiscent of of Ditko. Um, there's definitely some Zombie Sema in there. It, it, it's, I'm sure that it look, sure that the artist has done some research into the characters and the kind of. Um, you know, the look that the the characters basically have. He definitely took it upon himself to do the, the Destroyer in more of the Walt Simonson vein. So not the smooth, shiny Destroyer that we had back during the 1970s, but the uh, Destroyer that's all bands and spikes. Um, and that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I always preferred that that version of the Destroyer, the way he was originally meant to be, kind of like how... I like the uh, the original version of Mangog a lot more than the, than the small-headed version that came later. So, yeah, weird full-page spreads where you have people who are... It's kind of a mystery what's going on with some of these people. You have people who are running away, and we have one guy that looks like he's crying um yeah i mean yeah you would think that maybe people would cry if they saw the destroyer but it's just kind of a weird thing it's almost like uh some of these uh, characters are supposed to be real people and he's just kind of putting them in because you know he's, he just wants to put his friends into the scene so I'm not really sure again we have some 90s tropes here we've got thor with his like i said his bicep is bigger than his head the thigh is absolutely enormous Um, but it's not to the egregious extremes that we had in the 90s. It's definitely more subdued than that. He does an action scene well, but like I said, the the storytelling is not always very clear. So we'll have something important going on, like Marnot is doing something, and he's kind of doing it in the background, and it's not really sure what's going on. But overall, I'd say I, I like this guy's work. And Dad Jurgen's story, of course, it's exciting. There's a lot going on, and we're kind of on and towards the next, the next big story arc of the book. And, we'll be, of course, we'll be covering that uh, over the next few weeks. All right, so it uh, looks like we're all done with this issue, folks. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, you want to email the show? You can do so. The email address is RadioFreeAsgard at
1: gmail.com.
0: You can also find us on the Facebook, go over to Facebook, look for us there, and you will find us. It's been a bit quiet over in the Facebook group, and that's because I've been so busy. But anyway, uh, thanks to those of you who have been keeping the, uh, the Facebook group going, to uh, Manuel Carmona, who probably posts more than anyone else, uh, to Chris Bendorf, mitchell lord and uh, to the others who uh, are keeping the conversation going over there i do pay attention uh, even if i don't post as often as i should like i said with all the overtime and stuff that i'm working you know, and and the, the schedule that i have right now it is really hard to keep keep active in the group all right and with that i am back over the rainbow bridge back to midgard we'll see you next time here on radio free asgard Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.